fans. Um, would that be enough? Well, thank you for joining us for t- to tonight's uh, uh, pandemic episode four with Ellie and Michelle. Of what if we don't go to work tomorrow? Yeah. Which I decided to do the intro because you were singing, and I thought I should let you know. Hey. That I was recording. I forgot to tell you what I was going to let you know. Cool. I was just like, it's stuck in my head. So I'm just going to sing about 100 tampons for a minute. Then. Which is a th- callback to our last episode that was um, thoughtful. <laughs> so thoughtful. So much thought. We promised you humor and here it is. So second parter. Well, the fun part. Can you hear my, my bubble water bubbling? It's no. Delicious. I love it. I cannot. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. So I have, um, I would like to start. <gasps> oh, no. Things are different. Ooh. Okay, I'm ready. It was because, it was because, um, we have a lot of thoughts. I think we should start with, I have three questions, and we shall see how they go. <laughs> we shall see how many we get to today. Shall we start with, would you like to tell us about Consumer Reports? I guess <laughs> <Yes>, I would. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, my gosh. Yes, okay. yes, I would. So I have a very important question for you, too. And I'm just saying that because I really want to ask it because it's fun. We'll get to it. Is it about Consumer Reports? <laughs> no. Okay. So um, so my sister, my sister called, and uh, we were FaceTiming. And, um, (laughs) so we're having this whole conversation. I'm telling a story and I realize that she's not listening to me anymore because she's holding up a consumer reports magazine in front of the phone, which she has just like resting on her table, on her kitchen table, like against a vase. So she's just dramatically turning the pages of the consumer reports. This is important to note because this is what our dad used to do when he was just ignoring us and we were just like, dad, 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 dad. He would just be like, I'm just reading my consumer report. I can't wait to die. (laughs) Fucking kids. He used to say it to us all the time. That was a direct quote. So, and then then he'd yell at my sister if she was telling a story and it was taking too long, kind of like right now. And he'd be like, cliff notes, Brenna, cliff notes. So I was like, are you telling me that you want cliff notes? Is this what you're telling me? The point of this whole story was then we got into a conversation. We buried my dad with the most recent copy of Consumer Reports. That's how much he loved that magazine. Oh, my God. Although his casket was, and I hope it was like a pinata. It had so much stuff in it. Newspapers, football, Irish football jerseys, but like soccer, Irish football, not actual Irish football, which isn't rugby. Oh, my God. The Irish. We have to have all the new things for ourselves. Um, and then, like, a bunch of bottles of whiskey, which he never drank. The keys to one of the machines that he drove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was, he was, like, rattling when they lowered him down. So <clears throat> my sister and I get into a conversation about – is it actually Consumer Reports or was it a different magazine? I'm finally getting to the point. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> debating about what you buried him with. Okay. Okay. So we're, we're debating about the various elements. He was buried like I, he should have had a pyramid like a pharaoh just full of his stuff. I um, mean, I have a lot of thoughts about like why he needed all this stuff. <laughs> he did. Like with him when he got buried. I was like, I don't know where he thinks he's going because he asked what, for none of this. Oh, no. We also buried him with a copy of his own obituary. <laughs> <laughs> wow just in case okay but it makes me think of like coco where it's like you know you take like your little photo with you you have your photo so you know he's i'm actually dead i have family look my family written here in my obituary. No, he didn't he would have been like what the hell is wrong with you leave me alone also then he was also like the fuck well i guess my family like buried me with consumer reports if that is what you buried him with, continue. You called the obituaries the Irish sporting pages. He read them every day and said, the day that you are not in them is a good day. And the one day... You're, you're reading them. You're not dead. What? He, yeah. He, the one day that he did not read the obituaries to make sure that he you know, wasn't missing anyone... His friend's mom was in the obituaries. And I was like, did you read the obituaries today? And he's like, no, I didn't. Weird. And I said, well, uh, you know, so-and-so's mom died. And he's like, what? He's like, why are you reading the obituaries? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know. Oh, my God. Well, so far, we've got to keep up with who died today. So he, he was buried with Consumer Reports and a copy of his own obituary, which I think takes the cake. <laughs> We're like, hey, look, you're in them this time. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. I might put these out in reverse order because this is fun. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not even finished with my story yet. So, <laughs> anyway. So, my dad would also be really annoyed if, because he would get really sick of reading that Consumer Reports in the Afterlife, just the same copy over and over. So, anyway, so I say to my sister, I'm like, I don't think that's right. I don't think that was the right name. So I, I go, I'm going to Google it. So I Google it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's called Consumer Reports. And then I start reading about Consumer Reports. I thought Consumer Reports was just like a smart magazine. No, is, isn't it just reviews? Right. Like it was just a review, smart reviews, like written by smart people. Okay. It's a, an actual like consumer advocacy union that actually goes out and test this shit independently to give yes. you an honest review. So as a consumer, you buy consumer reports and you're like, I want to know more about the new Jeep, whatever. Uh-huh. And you go and you get it. And when you read all of those reviews, those are reviews from other members of this group that are like verified, like vetted and verified and like peer reviewed. Jeep can't influence that review, which, of course, we know they can influence every other review because journalism sells ad space. Are these people paid? I don't I don't understand. <laughs> so it, it used to be called the Consumer Union. Okay. It's a consumer advocacy group. I'm going to read you about the Consumer Reports. Oh, please do. <laughs> do you understand why I was like, I need to tell you about Consumer Reports? <laughs> Um, so, so I'm like, my mind is blown. It's absolutely blown. 
Okay, so according to what your dad read, no, just that not even that my dad read it. The fact that I always thought Consumer Reports was like, like you know, they like Electronics Magazine or new cool shit that you're gonna want to buy. Magazine, here's why you want to buy it. You know, all those like trade magazines. Yeah, and then Consumer Reports is out here just like being like Bernie Sanders, being like, "Listen, we got to do the right thing and tell the people the truth." Okay, <laughs> you know. So okay, yeah. so Consumer Reports, formerly formerly Former Consumers Lily. Union, is an American nonprofit consumer organization dedicated to unbiased product testing, investigative journalism, consumer oriented research public education, and consumer advocacy. Huh. And here I'm like, it's Cosmo for things you're going to want to buy. <laughs> but it's like actually people who are like giving you – so now I feel like an asshole for being like, what are you reading this stupid magazine for? Like your dad was just like hanging out reading Guy's Cosmo. Like- <laughs> It's not even Guy's Cosmo. It's like Dad Cosmo. He's like, oh, so I was thinking about getting, just so you know, I was thinking about getting your mother the KitchenAid mixer for her birthday because that's what we give women for holidays, household appliances. Consumer Report. But according to Consumer Reports, Cuisinart makes one that's better. And I can trust this because Dave from Oklahoma you know, like all of these people are actual legitimate reviews and it's not Cuisinart saying, hey, five stars, best, you know, pasta maker in the country. Or like paying someone to say that. Weird. So I was just like, so it wasn't, it had nothing to do with anything other than I was like, so Consumer Reports, it's legit, huh? It's like a real thing. The more you know, the more you learn. <laughs> it was hysterical. And it was, and then my dumb ass kept hanging up on my sister. <laughs> like, because the button's red. And so apparently I was like, oh, yeah, push it. <laughs> push it again. <laughs> and I just kept hanging up. And so for, she's like, fuck you. <laughs> it's on the time? <laughs> yeah. So I call her back and we're talking for like four minutes. No, no. The first time it happened, the food was here. The second time it happened, I just was like, <laughs> and she's like, seriously, really? Are you kidding me? I'm like, I don't know. I might have told this story backwards. Anyway, the joke's always better when you can, uh, when you have to explain it. Wow. So the more you know about Consumer Reports, you know, I have to say, I don't think I've ever, I have never, ever read one of those. I See, that's why. that's why i'm trying to remember because i feel like it wasn't consumer reports but i definitely i i definitely did see the value because i was gonna buy something and it was gonna be an investment my dad was like why don't you look at my magazine full of knowledge and and i looked at it and i was like the trusted magazine it's like they're like the amazon reviews you know in your heart when those are real like the banana slicer written by that wonderful man who just got out of prison and isn't allowed to use a knife <laughs> as the conditions of his parole. Mm-hmm. But it's like you get those long, like when you when you collate enough information, you get like, hey, you know what? This has ranked better by our consumers mm-hmm. who report to us. I was moved. <clears throat> you had another question. <laughs> I was moved. <laughs> 
I was I was touched when I found this out today. Yes. That there was like a I, I learned there was a Bernie Sanders in magazine form. You know what? <laughs> the funny part was I felt really close to my dad. <laughs> this is the type of magazine he would have he read. He loved you know, and I and I was like, Oh, I can see why he read it then. <laughs> Meanwhile, my dad is wherever he is in the afterlife going, freaking Jesus. It took her four years. It took her four years to realize. But now she's getting it. Now she. Now that I'm not there to laugh at her stupidity. LOL. So you had another question, ma'am. I did. This one, I'm I'm curious how this one's going to go. So I was. It <laughs> seems like a bad start. Well, this one might end our friendship, so we'll just see. It was just, it was, I was curious after we had talked about the circle. Oh, God. Last episode. Is it Love is Blind? Yes. I have it written down, too. Wait, you do? I do. Perfect. I told you I write these down over the week. So this one was over two weeks. Okay, so it is here. It is now. I just sit at my desk and I think, Allie. I want to talk about daisies. So, um, so Love is Blind, you have not watched. And on that show, Love is Blind, Deaf, Dumb, and Stupid. <laughs> I don't know. That was, I'm, I'm was still like, on the dad thing. I'm getting it to give me a minute to dial it down. <laughs> Let me lower my jeans from my natural waist. <laughs> Kick off my New Balance sneakers. Let me close my edition of Consumer Reports. Too. Put away my Consumer Reports. That I'm going to open up a Miller Genuine Draft. I was going to be like a crack a, crack a cold one. Yeah. A little, <laughs> little lifetime reading yeah. with your Consumer Reports. Yeah. So Love is Blind is a fascinating TV show. Oh, is it now? No, I can't even say it with a straight face. Um, and the premise of this this Netflix original show is they they ask the question: Can love can can love be blind? Can you fall in love with someone without ever seeing them before you tell them you love them and you get engaged and get married? So, it's a lot of what steps. they do? What? It's a lot of steps. Yep, and they condense it in about two episodes. <laughs> Which we all know in TV time is like 16 hours. I was going to be like, it's maybe like a day. I think they said it was over the course of a couple days, the filming for like these first two episodes. So you have, I think they started with 15 girls and 15 guys because also this is a heterosexual show. Only. <laughs> Only. We are not. In, in beans. Oh. What? I don't know. I tried to make a joke and it went nowhere. Don't call don't call attention to it. So we are we're keeping things very basic for our audience today. Mm -hmm. Just regular, you know men and women. Oh, okay. I was for a minute. Oh, I wasn't sure if you were talking about us or the show. <laughs> or beans, apparently, it doesn't matter. And they place the the object is so then you you start off by doing speed dates where um they they place like the men and women in what they call pods and these are rooms 
where the woman sits on one side, the man sits on the other, and there is a partition between them. And you cannot see um, you cannot see through this partition. It is complete. It's like a glass wall. But you can still hear the other person easily communicate that whole thing. So basically, a guy and a girl go on a date where they cannot see each other. And they, you know, ask each other questions. They try and get to know each other. And they go through multiple rounds of this, of speed dating and getting to know the other contestants, dating, daters, whatever. And eventually, it gets down to... Uh, you, you start forming connections with some of the, the other people. And you start being like, oh, I really like this person. I want to talk to them more. And so then the hope is for this show, you form a connection with someone without ever seeing them. You decide that you love them. And then you there's a proposal and then you get engaged, and then, and then, only then, do you get to see the other person. So, <clears throat> then the other, the other episodes, I can't remember if it's uh, eight, ten episodes, whatever, then they go on their, uh, a trip together, they go to, on like a honeymoon-type-esque thing, where they go on vacation together, then the next episodes, they have to go and live together, um, and then the last episodes are, they literally are the weddings. And they literally have every single couple decked out in for a wedding. Like, they make them go through with a wedding, make each couple go up to the altar and say, do you want to marry this person? Do you, like, literally at a wedding, be like, do you want to be with this person? And in front of and your family, right? Yes, so your then, family is there as great, well. Great. And then you're like, yes, and then a wedding takes place. Or you're just like, no, no, I'm done. And then you just walk out, you know. <laughs> um, so it is a banana show. It is B-A-N-A-N-A-S, bananas. And... Uh, it's just, it's just, so my question is, I think it's an interesting, uh, idea, though, because the whole, the whole point of this was to take physical appearance out of dating. Fortunately for all the contestants on this first season of the show, everyone was really attractive, so that wasn't an issue, no one had to worry about that, right? Um, but, so many thoughts. I know. So my so my first question is, I want to know first your thoughts on the show. <laughs> I like my interview. But let's but let's start with let's start with the question that the show poses. Do you think you could fall in love with someone without ever seeing them? Not in a condensed timeline. Like I, I would not like just be like, oh, you have to fall in love in like four days when you're literally in a little like studio and you can't talk to anyone else and all you're doing is drinking and you have no contact with the outside world so go so i'm so excited because i can work some of my thoughts in okay first let me start with a story that's what we do so <laughs> oh, no i killed Allie. intermission do we need intermission no okay, okay. i literally have a spit take and i don't know why <laughs> 
Because I'm funny. That's why, Ellie. Oh, you're right. You're right. My bad. <laughs> so um, this is kind of an embarrassing story. Oh, God. Okay. But I'm really excited to tell it because it's fucking hysterical. Okay. So I have – my first thing is everybody on that show was attractive. I agreed with you. I did watch like the first three were, quarters of the first episode. Intentionally attractive. They were, yeah. I mean, they were your basics. Um, they were, they were all the kind of attractive that safely, are you okay? (laughs) They were the kind of attraction, attractive that pretty much like everyone, like you're going to, you're going to be in a room full of people and, um, find, God, I don't know how to make this analogy. Pretty much everyone is going to find something about each one of these people attractive. They had that sort of very conventional American manly jaws shadow like they had like five o'clock shadow all the girls had the wavy hair were very slender looked great in heels you had your blondes your or at brunettes, least like your those were the ones of, who got the most screen time yeah your couple of people who are there to be the interracial couple the african-american couple and i think the latino and latina couple like they had like it was a very yeah this is a you guys are writing a really great program here um, you know, you're following the the script. So you have a, a all of these people, you should you would think, yeah, they're all attractive. There isn't any reason any of them wouldn't be attracted, right? Mm-hmm. And invariably, there are couples that are not attracted to each other, despite the fact that intellectually, the conversations were very stimulating. They met on a lot of levels. But then when they see that person, the physical part just isn't there. And I think mm. that in order to truly fall in love with someone, you have to be able to have all of it. Mm. Because if if this is someone that you want to have that intimate, that sort of intimacy with, you have to be physically attracted to them. And you can be a, an incredibly good looking person for one person, but not that the next person's cup of tea. So it's sort of like that sort of thing needs to be there. And I think it's, they talk about pheromones, Right. We all mm. find ourselves maybe going for a type or whatever, but I think your pheromones and their pheromones, they got to gel. And True. The chemistry is real. And you Knuckle might put up. Saliva. That's a thing too, right? Knuckle saliva? No. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought you said knuckle saliva. I, I wish like, people could see your face. No. I, I, I don't know. What your knuckles are doing? <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know. Knuckle saliva. No. Something about saliva as well. Oh, that well, probably because you're, yeah, yes, that makes sense. It's gross. That's really gross, but it also makes sense. It's also like that experiment they did where they had men wear a shirt for mm-hmm. a couple of days with no deodorant, and then gave it to their partners and asked yep. them to pick which ones was their partner, and they all mm-hmm. got it right. Because there are, because science is real. The science is real. So I think that. Science of attraction is real. And it has to do with bodily chemistry. Right. Because look at, look at Hollywood. How all of them haven't been intermarried at this point or together had babies. You know, like you would think that if it was just attraction, physical, you pretty, I I pretty. (laughs) If it wasn't just. Old man basics. Yeah. Like total basics. If it was just 
if it what if that had nothing to do with it, then obviously you wouldn't need to feel an attraction to someone to fall in love with them. Mm. And you can fall in love with someone and not be physically attracted to them. You know, you can be like, oh my god, I'm totally in love with this person. They're beautiful. They're charismatic. They're invigorating. But I don't want to touch them. I just I adore them. I think they're wonderful. Because you know, there's all kinds of names for love. Um, well, yeah, I was about to say, isn't that just a different kind of love and yeah. might not be. But there's a period of time, if it's not someone that you've known your whole life or a child or like a sibling, I think even like with your friends, you could say there's a period of time where you're going from, they're a really cool person and I love them and they're fun to hang out with to like, this person is like a, like a sibling to me and I would murder for them. Like mm -hmm. there's a period of time and I would call that like falling in love, but it's an intellectual, it's a different kind of love, but there's a there's a point in the relationship where there's a deepening of the quality that, that make is maybe that period. That was very, that was very, thank you for coming to my Ted talk. Um, <laughs> about the science of love, about the science of love. So, yeah. So I think, yes, I think you can fall in love with someone, but not, not in like an erotic love, not what they're going for on this TV show and not in something that I would consider like a, a partnership or relationship. A romantic, like a romantic relationship that encompasses all of these things. Right. So in the very early 90s, or not the early 90s, excuse me, the early 2000s, um, I was still very, very early 20s um, and things were difficult. And so I wasn't making the best choices, <clears throat> but... There was something, and I don't know. Oh, I know what it was. It was fucking chat rooms. Okay, that's how it started. You would, okay. you would go into a chat room, but it was like Facebook before Facebook, which you couldn't make profiles, just the messenger part of Facebook, yep. except it's you go in by groups and it's not your friends. So like a lot of the Facebook groups. So like people would go, you would go into a group like um, Chonky Cat where you would mm -hmm. talk about cats because you weren't necessarily sharing digital pictures of your cats. Yep. And then people would talk to each other and get to know each other and you would get, you would gain relationships that way. So I met somebody, <clears throat> you laugh. No, no, no. I, I have a different thought. I'm going to write it down. So you it's like meeting someone in like a dating site because you can't see them and it's all based on chat. I, and I don't me, do... uh, I'm just, I, I'm just going to segue for a quick second here. <laughs> I just think it's funny that that was one of the main concerns that they started teaching parents. <laughs> the chat rooms? Our chat rooms, the danger of chat rooms. And I just have to confess, I have no idea how to get on one of those. I had no idea how to access a chat room. I had no idea where to go to get to these places that apparently was so scary and we should not be going to and these are the the dangers of the internet and I'm like I could not figure out the life of me mm -hmm. I didn't even know what a chat room was until they were like like you know someone brought it up and I was like I had no idea what this was and I don't know how to get there <laughs> <laughs> well I yeah so and I mean this, that's the thing is like I was you know I was in my 20s and so I ended up talking to someone how do you get to them where are these chat rooms I don't remember. I think it was like off of like AOL instant messenger. Okay. And then it would just be like a list and you would just pick. Because what? you didn't have a news feed. I don't remember how it worked. I don't remember how it worked. This is why like, this so baffles me. I'm just like, this is why I'm like, 
I can't go and I'm like, I don't know how to find things on the internet. What makes I you? I, there was no way I was going to find things in a chat room. I can't find anything on the internet now. I, oh, that's much better. I was, I realized it looked so scary in my light. Like I was telling a horror story. Um, no, oh, it's the, like, the 90s. Right? About Hold the of the 90s internet. You know what? And, I, w- I would have to say I would need Nikki to tell me exactly how it worked because I feel like this was something that Nikki – again, Nikki was – we talked about her in the last episode. Now she is again. I um, cannot find strangers on the internet if I tried. Okay. Like, <laughs> yes, you can. You, okay. Yes, you can. No, find I don't strangers. know where to find – They're called dating websites, Allie. That's how you find strangers on the internet. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I take it back. Now the name of this episode is Allie Finds Strangers on the Internet. TM. I don't know how to find any strangers on the internet. Let me tell you about this person that I met in this uh, dating app called Murdered. <laughs> okay, so okay, so the point of the story a little bit longer. <laughs> so uh, we get to talking, and I like the way his voice sounds. We have like good rapport, and he's like, "Hey, why don't?" Um, <laughs> somewhere, God, I'm gonna be like Nikki. You have to listen to this. I can feel her right now cringing for me just on my behalf like knowing what's coming she's just like oh god Uh-oh. so um so he's like hey why don't we you know like meet at navy pair this weekend and i was like oh okay it's a safe busy place didn't look anything like it looks now really well maybe a little bit and uh i was like Okay, there was something going on. I think there was like the Venetian Fest where they have the boats lit up or something. There was some oh, sort okay. of thing going on. I don't know why we would have been at Navy Pier for that. Maybe it was fireworks. It doesn't matter. So I'm like, yeah, okay. And he's like, yeah, I'll bring a friend, you know, bring a friend, whatever. And I'm like, okay. So this is this is how you met people before dating apps and websites. It's in chat rooms that I don't understand how they worked. I'll get you some feedback on that. So Nikki and I talk about it and I'm like, okay, so you have to go with me. And she's like, okay, fine. Although knowing Nikki, she was excited because he might be cute. Mm. So we go to Navy Pier and we um, we're like walking around trying to like see. And now we are easily 23 and 22. Mm. And this guy kind of like catches my eye and I like my stomach drops because I'm like, there is no way this guy is under 34, 35. There's no way. Probably older. And I am so embarrassed. And I'm like, so, I'm like, this is, I feel so weird and so dirty. And so it was so uncomfortable. So we walk over, we start talking to him. And I'm like, things are awkward. Things are weird. This is weird. This is awkward. And it was obviously uncomfortable. And all of a sudden, I look over and, like, oh, God, I don't even know how to do it. Like, 30 feet away is my dad and my brother and my sister. And I'm like, motherfucker. I'm like, what am I going to do? Oh, my God. Because now I'm like, my dad's going to see me out with this older guy, and he's going to be like, what the fuck? Uh Uh-oh. And I'm like, you know, like, I was old enough to be going out on my own and everything, but I will never – forget this because my dad was so unchill and so uncool but he was so chill and so cool in this moment he was like he knew that something was off but I go oh my gosh you know there's my dad I gotta go say hi and um we'll be right back so we go over and my dad's just like 
so how's it going over there? And I'm like, not great. And he's like, all right. And that was it. And then we just stood by my dad and my brother and sister. And the and then he caught my I can't remember what his name is. He sort of caught my eye, and I really and I was just like, okay, maybe he'll just get the hint and leave because I'm tw- I don't know what to do. Like I'm I'm 23. I have not been schooled in the I'd, I've had like one boyfriend. And you're meeting a stranger from the internet. I'm meeting a stranger from the internet. He's clearly not who he says he was, despite the fact that he was charming and interesting, and we got along and had a great conversation, and he had a nice voice. He like. He, like he looked, he looked like a thirty-five-year-old middle school, but like upper middle school, like junior high, like okay. chemistry teacher, like you know, tight okay. belt, folded over, longish, weird mulleted hair, and his friend had glasses, but like older kind of people glasses. Mm. Now I would be like, okay, honey, you probably just met with a sex trafficker, but that's a whole other story. But so I kind of get the. The impression that like he's trying he wants to leave and I'm like I feel like we have to like I'm just very uncomfortable and I do not want him to come by my dad I'm like fuck I think I'm smooth and my dad's just like oh you just like ran into someone he, he doesn't realize that like I'm supposed to be on a date he just thinks that like something weird is going on but I'm okay now so oh. I don't want the guy to come over and be like I talked to Michelle on the phone in your house last night for three hours or some like, crazy shit like that and fucking make my dad nuts and uh so he's like, so we walk over and he's like, well, I'm just going to go then. And I just want to thank you for proving me right that all women are bitches or some sort of like trash or garbage or something like that. And I was okay. like, well, I don't feel bad anymore. <laughs> I turned around and walked away. And Nikki and I were like, oh, my God. Fuck. fuck. Wow. That is another reason that I never want to use a dating website. because it's just I'm so uncomfortable and and that's what I mean is like you can talk to someone and you can really feel like oh I feel like I'd be attracted and then you you get near them you see them you're in the same space and you're like this is not I mean granted that was different I think I was being groomed he was definitely lying about his age (laughs) but like you know or you just like I don't I I don't think I think it's fair I think it's fair that just because you intellectually match with someone, you're not going to be totally attracted. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to have, you have to, like, you're required to have both. I forget the second part. <laughs> oh, the second part of what? Physical attraction and uh, intellectual attraction? I don't know. Wasn't there, there was like, could you, could you like some, could you fall in love with someone you've never seen? I was like, yes, well, no, but. And then there was the second one. Shit. Oh, just your thoughts about the show, like what oh, you know of the show, because there were there were there were a lot of memeable moments coming out of that show. I what I know about the show is the first episode that I saw, and then almost exclusively from. Um, Liza, Eliza Schlesinger, Schlesinger's Instagram feed. <laughs> so I have a very, very warped view of what the show was actually like. I do know because she was sort of fixated on the couple where the guy was 10 years younger than her, but more importantly, was like, was like four inches shorter than her, which was like the yeah. real problem yeah. wasn't that he was 10 years younger, but that he was like 10 inches shorter. Wasn't that it? Wasn't he like shorter or something? Yeah. So he he was 10 years younger and 
I mean, she never said anything. No, she made it all about his age, it felt like. Because literally, yeah. that's, I saw, like, their story. <laughs> that was it. And Oh, and the, the one – oh, sorry, 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 sorry. The other one, the B guy who – the where there's, like, a love triangle. I think his name is Beckett or Brickett. Baron? Berkey. Burnett. 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 She had a first day with him, too, because he was like, I love her, but I talked to her for a little while. And she's like, I'm going to get you back. I'm sorry. I'm ready to come in with this. Well, yeah. So I think that was probably the the biggest scandal of this show. (laughs) Scandal. Was between this woman... Um, who is 34. She's 34. She's 34. And he is 10 years younger than her. He is 24. Um, we've all made mistakes. <laughs> I don't even remember if they, if they disclosed their age to begin with. I can't remember. But their, their initial connection was, and honestly, this is why I knew the relationship was doomed from the beginning. <laughs> Wait, so like... <laughs> Like before they saw each other beginning, or once yeah. they saw it? okay, so you knew before oh. they saw each other when they were in the pods. I think you knew then. Th- yes, oh, wow. yes, I did. I did. Let me tell you why. They, I believe, they were each other's first blind date. Oh, and so I think there was probably that heightened excitement tingles. that comes out of it. You Say it again. Tingles. The what? Tingles. Oh yes, they well, the tingles of just being excited, and I think that, like, so the adrenaline's kind of pumping, and what they talked about, mm-hmm. and this is not because I love Chicago more than other people, or <laughs> most other people who are from Chicago. I don't know, but I'm like more I'm than saying, everyone, including the Belushis. <laughs> I'm Vince like, Vaughn. I love Chicago, but I, you know, I'm just like I still have my limits of Chicago. <laughs> where Chance the Rapper? I'm sorry, I'm done. I'm done. The only things that they talked about really in that first date was, oh, "You're from Chicago. I'm from Chicago." Oh, that's right. That was made them even worse. And it was, and they were just like roast beef, roast beef. I'm gonna, or sorry, Italian beef. Is that what we're known for? I don't know, but I keep can't going. But they were like, Italian beef? Italian beef. And they were like, oh, are you a Cubs fan? Cubs fan? Oh, my God. Destiny. <laughs> oh like, they're the worst parts of Chicago. <laughs> yes. I was like, these aren't even the good things of Chicago that you're talking <laughs> over right now. Sorry to all you Cubs fans. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Even, even still, I'm like, these are the bare minimums. Right. Like, like this is like the initial conversation you have. Michigan um, Avenue? Michigan Avenue. Or, like, you know, people with, um, I'm sure if you're from Michigan, you do, like, the goddamn mitten thing. You're like, yeah, okay, that's the bare fucking minimum of, like, like someone. you show people where you live on the mitten? Is that the on requirement? The yeah, okay, got it. So, I mean, that's basically what they talked about was the bare minimum of being a Chicagoan. Or just, like, uh, the bare minimum of being able to relate to someone. From Chicago, um, too. <laughs> Like, these are the questions you ask to be like, oh, no, no, never again. <laughs> like, uh, you know, so that's how, that's how I knew they were doomed. Just from the terrible people. 
I think they were just like, I was like, you're you're not forming a real connection, me on my couch. You know, just being my judgmental self, like when I watched The Bachelor Bachelorette. Listen to me right now. If I had a disease and it was either you or Dr. Phil or Dr. Oz or Dr. Drew who could tell me what was wrong with me, I believe you first. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, those dumbass. Oh my God, the stuff that they're saying about this thing that we're living through is. I listened to Dr. Drew when he was on Love Line. He knows a lot about mm. herpes and syphilis and chlamydia and gonorrhea, but I don't know what he knows about, like, hey, I'm an internist. Okay. So. Peck say you spend 90% of your time at the gym, not in the operating room. Oh, Sorry. God. I apologize. So then there was a love triangle. Oh, God. Between. Uh, the uh, Chicago woman. Oh, wait. Yeah. She was in the. Oh, that's right. That was the crossover. Yeah. So, okay. So you've Burdette, Lady mm-hmm. Chicago. Yes. Don't want. Don't want. And, wish I was and, a little bit taller. Wish I was a baller. God, what was his name, that rapper? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> Trying to figure out names for these people. Um. So and there was so then there was some drama. So she was kind of between ten years younger guy and Barnett, I think. Sure. And Burnett. so then so then basically like Burnett was like, oh, you know, I could marry you tomorrow or something like that. Oh and so no. She took that as oh okay, so we are getting serious. And then like the next time they talked, she was like, hey boo, hey. And he was, she was like, you know, kind of in that serious phase as you do. And I guess, um, and he was like, whoa, pump the brakes. I didn't make a commitment to you. And then she went back to 10 years younger guy. And yeah, so that was the the triangle. And then later on when she and... um, Chicago Chicago lady and Chicago guy decided to get engaged and get married. They saw each other. They went on that vacation. And then when they were, like, living together, all of the couples lived in the same apartment complex. Um, and so they did a party together, oh. like a hangout. Oh, God. And so she, she got drunk, and they went back to the apartment. Um, and she casually mentioned that she thought Burnett was sexy. To whom? And, who did she say this to? Her fiance. <gasps> Chicago yeah. lady told short, told short man that she liked Burdette and thought he was sexy. Yes. Yeah. Burdette was sexy. Yeah. I so I made up for them. Burdette. Burdette. Chicago lady. So it was. I mean, it was a. It was a nice trashy show to watch. Um, Can I ask a question? You Maybe may you can help me since you watched the show. Okay. Is this a required pose? Why? Why do you do that? I, why do women put their hands on the on the guy's stomach? I think that's weird. I, I would probably a lot, and I'm very confused by it. I would. I feel like whenever my hand is either on a hip or it's at my side, mm-hmm. or I feel like the stomach is a weird place to put it. Because I notice a lot of 
like when I look at, because this is something that I noticed and I've been thinking about lately is um, how celebrities are probably taught how to stand on the red carpet. So do you oh, ever notice yeah. when a couple is standing together, she will stand with her stomach like up against his side yeah, and her arm back so that like you're seeing the leanest part of her body. Yeah. I was looking at the, and I'm always like, did someone teach them how to do that or did they just know? They, pro- they were probably taught. Oh, 100%. You probably get, like, red carpet coaches. Yeah, who are like, here's how to look very thin. Here's how to turn your hips for the best photo. So I wonder if, like, by, like, pushing into their date, like, it hides all of, like, the stomach. Mm. So it keeps everything looking very lean because you can't really see it. And you can, like, hide can, it behind them. I could potentially see that. I could see that. That's very interesting. It's not at all. It's just something I think about. How do these people know things? How so do I'm they just learn? Because I've seen it a few times and I was like, is this like a normal, like you see in engagement yeah. pictures, which makes sense. Like she'll have her hand on his chest. Oh yeah, but that's to show off the ring. Right. But then it's like, sometimes I see it and I'm just like a normal picture. I'm like, is he pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> just like we're expecting. Yay. Yeah. He ate two Italian sausages. Uh. And... Italian Some beef. cheese fries when we were in Chicago on Michigan Avenue we're to from see Chicago. the Cubs because we're from Chicago. And now he's having a food baby and it's going to smell revolting. So they yeah. did not end up getting married. No, I, I, I did know that. I did see Funnily that. enough. Funnily enough. Seems strange. I thought they were destined. Now, see all the things that you were like, oh, God, no. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I can see this. Sheffield <laughs> and Addison. Cute little three flat. Uh, I have a question for you. Do you have more questions? That was it. Keep going. Oh, oh, you're you have that's all your questions. Yeah. Well, that was it for. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. This is a very important question. I want to hear okay. your deepest thoughts. I'm ready. I don't know why I wrote this down. If you were a ghost. What weird shit would you do? I guess it depends how bored I am. That's what I'm saying. So you've unlimited time. Mm-hmm. So like everyone's like, well, if I were a ghost, I would haunt my ex until he died when I pushed him down the stairs. Or like um, I would. That's something. Go to the museum every night and just spend hours okay yeah but you're you're dead for eternity so that's gonna eat up not a lot of time i'm like would i do what i would like normally do would i try and find people where like they have their tv on and just go watch tv with them (laughs) (laughs) because i often think about so i often think about hauntings and all of the things that he they knock on doors they they i'll hear them whispering Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they stand at the foot of the bed. And I just picture that from the ghost's perspective. Like, if I were dead, Lord knows if I died before some of my friends, I would be all over that shit. I'd just be, like, creepily standing next to their bed when they're trying to fall asleep. Until they were like, God, what the fuck? And then I'd walk away. I was like, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I'd only do it to Jay. Pro- okay. Jay's the only one I would do it to. Legitimately, if I die first, which I won't because mm-hmm. he's older, uh, it's the requirement. Um, like I just like what would what weird what weird stuff like I would see it in traffic. That sounds really insane. 
It really, truly does. But I'd be like, what does that feel like? It would be kind of cool to watch all the cars go down the middle of the road to, like, watch them. No, but can you move wherever you want to? Yeah, you're a ghost. You are energy unfettered. But with a conscious. Yeah, a conscious. Okay. Can I... Let me let me start here. Let's let's narrow it down, which might be a little more helpful. Okay. So you've just cro- you've just croaked, and you find yourself because because I think once you die in your unfettered energy, you should get to decide a lot of things. So if you wanted to have a form, it would be you at the height. You like look back and you're like, that's when I was best. You can pick what you want it to be. Okay. So you're not like you didn't die, and you're like, oh, this is great. I'm stuck like this. They have astral pen gay. You know, you're just sort of. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. You would think like <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't have like the same bodily ailments, but you would have died and you might still be in that mindset. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can pick however you want to be. Hmm. It's like when Coco died in Coco. Oh, but she got they went they go they all go to the same place though. They all go to the same place, but her dad died young, and her mother died. As still a young woman, and then poor Coco's like, I'm going to be 98 forever. And my mom's like, Oh, that's true. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, poor Coco. <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be 98. Yeah. For a while. You know, I read this book where when you died, you went to a place and then you aged backwards from that point of wherever you died. And then you got sent back down the river when you were a baby again to be like, do another life. That's so cool. I, you know, and it was a fucking young adult book. Like, that was a, that's a great idea. It was, I, ooh, I don't know if I have the book with me. It was like, actually, I was like, this is an f- interesting concept. Well, if you and remember, tell me, I will order it on Amazon. It is called Elsewhere. Or not order it from Amazon, I will order it from a local bookseller. I don't know. Like this is, I mean, it was a young adult book when I was a young adult. So it was many moons ago. Oh, elsewhere. Oh yes. I might have to elsewhere. go through one of the big ones, but it, it was really cool. It was, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was actually, I brought it from the library so many times. My mom was like, you keep borrowing it. Just buy the book. Aww. So I, I, don't know. It, it was, I think it was like, I've, I had never had that concept before. And I was like, this is such an interesting concept for the book. Um, an idea of the afterlife that I liked it. And so I, you know, that's probably like one of like the most influential books of my young adultness. Really? Yeah. I was like, it it stuck with me this long where I'm like, yeah, this is it. I think it was probably just because I had never, it was a totally different idea that I'd ever, um, about the afterlife that I've never had before. So that was, so that was a big one for your. So we're supposed to talk what you what you would do talk about what you would do as a ghost, but yeah. So how did, I was like, how did I get on that tangent about my book during that time? Like the book that I took out of the library a ton was called yeah. Smack, and it was about like a fifteen year old girl who lived in England and was hooked on heroin. Oh, I was like, that sounds like um one of the Ellen Hopkins books. 
remember those maybe she wrote in like free verse poetry oh yeah i never i still struggle with poetry i'm very like i still have a hard time because i just read it like it's a book and i'm like i don't understand chance like well it has a cadence and a rhythm and i was like just no give me my book back um what why are you making that face i was trying to think if it if that was the right way to describe it because it read like a story oh gotcha so almost like Shel Silverstein, not in that humorous way, but sort of in that format. Yeah. So it wasn't like a abstract or anything like that. I think it was just more lyrical. Oh, well, that's than nice. it was. And they and the reason it made me think of it because all of her books all were like those one word titles like oh. glass tricks, something oh. like that. And they were kind of. They were really, now that I'm thinking about them, like, also kind of a weird, um, they were very heavy topics for young adult books. Um, yeah, I don't know what it was about this, how did I, what was her name? Uh, Ellen Hopkins, I think. Oh, so this one's by Melvin Burgess. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I was like, wait a second. Um, yeah, Smacks by Melvin Burgess. And, yeah, it's, I think it's a young adult book. Yeah, there is, yeah. And she, it, and it she was addicted, Carnegie Metal. addicted to heroin? What? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she and her friends. I mean, this was a real, this was starting, I feel, oh, God, as I start over 90 million. I feel like. I mean, it's definitely like a cautionary tale. Like, it's not meant to be read as a, look at how cool this is. It's definitely meant to make you think about what this life would be like. I think she gets pregnant at the end. I have a copy. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, I think when the book ends, they're all like 16. But it, um, there were, I feel like the mid-90s, there was a lot of, of, I feel like it was a real, I mean, it's still an issue. Opiates are still an issue, but I feel like heroin was maybe there was like a, it blew up a little bit every, like, oh my God, so many musicians were addicted to it. Like the grunge musicians, I think Lane Staley was, mm. I think I might be getting it wrong, but I, I can't remember if I'm getting his name right. And Scott Weiland, I think Kurt Cobain had a problem at one point. So like, it was a big thing. And then all the models were like Kate yeah. Moss. I'm not saying that she was addicted to heroin. That's not what I'm saying. But like they had, um, they were all so thin. Everyone was so thin. Because everyone wanted to be what we now dub as heroin chic. That's where the name came from. That's how yep. they were described yep. as heroin chic. And mm -hmm. so it was like, and I, I mean, we're talking about people who had, you know, serious mental illnesses and depression and really struggled and you know that's why they were going to this thing that was going to be like alleviate that but um but yeah I feel like it was a big thing because it won it won an award in 96 so it came out right around then so I wonder if it was sort of and I know I don't know if it was bigger in England or because it's an it takes place in the UK it's an English book mm -hmm. um but I just remember being really deeply affected by it but I didn't do any I mean I didn't even really smoke weed. I think I did it like once when I was 14. Mm -hmm. But like I didn't – I really stayed away from drugs. But then I had to be really responsible for my brother and sister. But wow. Okay. So this was supposed to be a funny episode. 
<laughs> we got to so uh, decide. Where are you going? Uh This really was supposed not... to be a funny movie. Let's talk about when you or funny movie. This was supposed to be a funny episode. Let's talk about when you die. Yeah. Is when you die, that sounded. Ghost. I guess it's. Oh, but it's so weird. I guess like thinking about like eternity, mm-hmm. and you have so much time. So it's like it, I guess just like so narrowing it down to like what are you gonna do first, or is this like your. You're permanent. What are you going to do? Just what would be some of the things that you think, like, I would want to get as close as I possibly could to a black hole because I am energy and therefore could be dis- well, disrupted or destroyed or whatever happens in a black hole. So wait, are you are you trying to commit suicide as a ghost? No, I want to know what they – a human could never get that close. So I would, as energy, could get much, much, much closer. And I would want to go – that's what I mean. You'd have to be careful not to get too close because you'd have to be as close as you could get while not being immediately pulled into the event horizon. We've been watching Cosmos. <laughs> Tyson. But like, I would want to go see the stars and I would want to go look at different planets and I would be like, I want to go to a different country and I want to see, you know, the, the places where like – the Louvre at, you know, two in the morning so you can see the Mona Lisa when no one else is there. Like, I would want to go do those things. Then I would haunt the fuck out of my sister. Oh. I would just always be around going, Brenna. 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 Would you just like... Fucking try and smack you. You couldn't you could do anything about it. Nothing. I would haunt the fuck out of my sister. I'd move her shit. And always <laughs> just a little bit. Like her shoes move them just a little bit from where she normally takes them off. So it just, so she doesn't realize that something's wrong. It just feels kind of wrong. Yeah, I would do that kind of crap. I think my first thought would be to do the things that you normally wouldn't be able to do when there's a bunch of people around. Like, like I would be like. 2 a.m. What? Like go to the Louvre at 2 a.m.? Yeah. I was like, yeah, most of the time it would be like all of those probably like famous places that are just like teeming with people. Mm-hmm. You're like, cool, I'm going to go in like after hours or, you know, you probably go right now when everything's closed. That'd be nice. Go during the day. That's so, true. Yeah, if I like died right now. Don't do that, no. Aline, this wasn't Well, I think, you know, that's probably it. And I think, like, without the... Oh, oh. What? I was like, you know, I would do all the things that I couldn't do when I was alive. And I was like, then why don't you just go do it when you're alive? And I was like, oh, I'm getting real meta. meta. Right. See, like, I'm thinking, because if you were a ghost, you probably would need to sleep, right? So I would want to see, like, Stonehenge when the sun rises on the days that it's supposed to line up. And I'd be like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Like, how many people have really actually been able to see that? Yeah. And do a lot of the stuff where there's a lot of people, you know, go to places where they're, you know, during hours there aren't people. Like, the museums. I'd go to all the places in the museum where they hide stuff. Because, like, 90% of every museum collection is st- is in storage, not on display. Well, then, can you, are you also, like, um, can you, like, uh, are you a poltergeist? Can you actually, like, physically move stuff? 
I don't think you have to be just a poltergeist. I think regular ghosts can move things. Poltergeists really? just throw things and like want to like hurt people. You could be like a cool ghost that like, oh, I want to turn the page on this book. Oh, wow. I'm all right. I'm going to put it back so they don't freak out when they get here. Unless it's I thought that, that was like the distinction between a ghost and a poltergeist was a poltergeist actually had the physical ability to move physical things where a ghost could not. I th- the way I – ghosts can do pretty much whatever depending on the type of ghost. So like if it's a residual haunting and they're just like that weird laying down of tape or if they're like an um, – like an intelligent haunting, then they can move things. But poltergeists are usually related to someone in a like emotional state who Ooh. is sort of creating the energy themselves. Although I watch ghost shows on the Travel Channel, and it's not like a scientist wrote this. <laughs> their, their reliability on ghosts, their credibility is a little bit shoddy here. Right? I mean, we're, we're like debating the finer points of poltergeistism. I need to know my exact limitations if I were to die and if I were to become a ghost. Because, yeah, going to the, like, museum archives and stuff, I imagine a lot of it would be, I'm thinking of, like, the difficulties you're going to have if you can't move shit around, you know? What if you go to the Louvre at 2 a.m. or to see something and you get there and the place is fucking packed with other ghosts? Oh, my God. Because everyone else has the same fucking idea. And you get there and you're like, oh, shit. forgot about other ghosts. And you're in there and it is, except it's worse. Because everyone who's dead is there. And you're like, God, damn it. I know. So it's like you're imagining like this peaceful this peaceful existence when you're a ghost, just being like, I can do, but you're, yeah, it's a very solitary, it's a very um, um, individualistic, you're forgetting all of the other ghosts that are out there as well. <laughs> I just realized it, it was sad for a minute. I was like, oh, like, this is real. And I was just like, oh no. <laughs> My dad taking his, taking his corpse. No, not his corpse. This quote, his soul just like going to take in Broadway by himself, except he gets there and he's surrounded by ghosts. Oh my goodness. He's so annoyed. Oh my God. He'd be like, oh my God. But they would probably, well, yeah, because then it would be like, I'm sure the ghosts have their own, um, now that I'm thinking about it, they probably have their own, um, they probably do, they occupy the spaces at night when everyone else is gone. So I'm sure, like, ghosts have their own, like, theatrical troops. So I'm sure your dad can still go see, you know, shows by himself as a ghost as I well. I love that. I want to visualize, like, oh, my God, like, Shakespeare trying to put on, like, um, the Book of Mormon <laughs> and trying to, like, put that show on because everybody wants to see what's new, right? Like, they've yep. been watching Macbeth for literally 500 years it's time for something new <laughs> and i'm sure like so a new like a newly dead shakespearean scholar is gonna be like oh my god i have to go meet him he's like please stop talking to me about my old works i <laughs> can't see what i've come up with now i'm in the modern age now and i don't ever want to revisit the 1600s again okay shakespeare's okay. out here producing burlesque shows and a one and two and three and Oh, no. I thought that was much funnier than it actually was. 
Well, there it is. I think this is a good spot to, uh, so long, farewell. Yeah, so, um, yay, two, two episodes. Two episodes. I it down. This one's called Allie Find Strangers on the Internet. I don't, though. <laughs> she just doesn't know how. Yes, you do. You just find them on dating websites. Yeah, now I do because they made it easy. Oh, you went, oh, whatever. <laughs> Your mother's at home going, oh, my God, why do I listen to this? <laughs> They've congregated all the people for me, specifically for me. I see. I, can, I see what you're saying. I can find them on apps now. <laughs> How the chat room has evolved. It's an app, all and right. I can swipe on people. You can swipe on people. They're all right there for me. Look at oh that. Gosh. All right. Well, what if we don't go to work tomorrow? Thanks. Bye. Nothing will change. More of this just tomorrow.